In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Dear faithful, what must have been the sentiments of that Roman soldier who pierced, pierced with his lance the side and then the heart of Jesus? Perhaps he did not really want to do it, did not want to commit this final act of violence and irreverence to the dead body of Christ, adding this final and last insult to injury as his mother and the others stood by, crushed by grief. We could surmise that he was probably ordered to do so by a superior officer, the aim and mind of establishing beyond all doubt that the man hanging there on the cross was indeed dead, that he had expired and that there was no more life in him. After all, if they had left there hanging, if they had left him there hanging still, a little bit alive, word might have gotten out. They might have faced the consequences of military justice, or at the very least, the rewards of their own conscience would have torn them up inside. So the soldier carried out this act through obedience. And yet, as is so characteristic of our Lord, the eternal word made flesh who dwelt among us, the soldier's lance was not met with fury and wrath, in response, but with a revelation, a revelation of unrequited love and an appeal to make a return on that love. Blood and water shot forth out of his heart, through the hole in the side of his body, covering and bathing the soldier's face. From that moment, this Roman soldier, this pagan, knew that nothing would ever be the same again. He would not be returning to his former life. He would not be continuing in his old habits. He was a changed man. The soldier's conversion was, per, was but one and perhaps the first in a long series of attempts on the part of God throughout the entire history of the church as many of these attempts successful as, uns as unsuccessful to draw us from the depths of sin and indifference that we find ourselves in to true love, the kind of love which causes our hearts to declare with the sacred author of the canticle of canticles, I have held him and I will not let him go. Even since the apostolic era, particularly visible in the writings of Saints John and Paul, there has always been in the church a certain devotion to God's love. God who so loved the world as to give it his only begotten Son, and this Son who loved us so much as to die for us. Holy Mother Church has always seen in Christ's open side, in the blood and water which came forth from it, the commencement of the church, coming forth from the side of Jesus as Eve came forth from the side of Adam. Then in the 11th and 12th centuries, an examination of church history shows us unmistakable indications of devotion 
to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. For St. Mechthild and St. Gertrude, this devotion was well known, and it led to their practicing many beautiful devotions and prayers in its honor. St. Gertrude once had a heavenly vision of St. John on his feast day. St. John the Evangelist, during which he allowed her to rest her head near the wound in the side of our Savior. Hearing the beating of the divine heart, she asked St. John if, on the night of the Last Supper, he also heard the beating heart. When the beloved disciple replied that indeed he had, St. Gertrude asked him why he had never spoken of it. St. John replied that this revelation had been put aside and saved for the later ages of the Church, when the world, having grown cold, would need to hear of it to rekindle this cold love. And this rekindling, as we know, is exactly the desire that our Lord so ardently expressed to St. Margaret Mary Alacoque in the divine visions that she was granted from 1674 to 1675. He told the saints, and through her all of us, in the bluntest possible terms of the insufficiency of our love for him. This heart, which notwithstanding the burning love for man with which it is consumed and exhausted, meets with no other return from the generality of Christians than sacrilege, contempt, and ingratitude. It's so important for us to, to pause a moment on these words of our Lord. He tells us that his heart keeps beating and beating with love for us until it is consumed and exhausted, burnt out. What an image of a heart beating and beating until the point of futility. And then, having nothing left to keep it going, no more fuel, no more energy, and having found no love in return, falls over in exhaustion and dies. Like a man who attempted to rescue his son at the top of a mountain, so cold and so tall and so foreboding that no one could climb it. And then, never having reached his son, keels over and falls to the ground as the last drop of life slips out of his body. If such a thought is discouraging, if it holds the potential to bring our souls to the point of despair, that is because God himself would bring us to the, this point for the very reason of shaking us from our sluggishness, from the coldness of our love for him. For God does not die, and the fire of his love can never be extinguished, for it burns from all eternity, white hot. On this evening, then, this most beautiful feast of the sacred heart of Jesus, let us turn our hearts toward his once and for all. Then, when finally the moment will come that our earthly life is consumed and exhausted, we will be able to say with St. Margaret Mary Alacoque, What have I in heaven, and what do I desire on earth, but thee alone, my God?
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.